about the church podcast episode number 104 had to look everybody and welcome back to another episode of the about the church podcast my name is cliff ravenscraft hey everybody my name is dg hollams we're here to be heretical each and every week to say <laughs> things that make you mad and angry Heresy! actually no today i think we're going to talk about um bible translations which ones we think are the most appropriate for you to read actually no we're not going to do uh. that <laughs> Well, the King James is good Which enough ones for will the, not send you to hell? The King James is good enough for the apostles. It's good enough for you. If it's good enough for Jesus in his day, dang it, that King James is going to be good enough for us. Seriously, uh, DG, do you ever run into people who are hardcore on the type of Bible translation that you read or you that you should not be reading? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Well, there's entire denominations that will say there's only one translation you should be reading. Why do you think this is? Um, you know, it's a really good question. Does it make any sense at all? I mean, I, I can understand some people being a little bit concerned about the gender inclusive stuff, you know, that, that all of a sudden it's like God is no longer a he, you know, or something of that nature. Yeah, You can't just say brothers. You have to say brothers and sisters, blah, blah, blah. The brothers and sisters, I can kind of say, you know what? I mean, I mean, obviously, when I read, you know, hey, you know, serve one another, you know, if a, if, if one of your brothers sins, you know, whatever. Right. I mean, that's just obvious that it's it's it, it goes for both. Yeah. Exactly. It goes for both sexes. I don't need gender inclusive language to communicate to me that that, you know, right. that that's there. But but you it, could see how some people other some other people might feel like they need that. Yeah, I guess so. The, the question, I mean, I'm like you. Don't get me wrong. I'm like you. I mean, I don't have a gender I don't, I don't inclusive. Yeah. I don't have a gender inclusive version of the Bible, which is amazing because I have a total of I don't know. I've probably got about eighteen Bibles around yeah. me here. Yeah, uh, most of them are <laughs> NIV, uh, just the New International Version, not the New 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 International Version. <laughs> the no 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 new new exactly NIV. Yeah. So what do what do they call the TNIV? The today's, yeah, today's new, new yeah. The, that's the one that's that, gender inclusive. Anyway. That's gender inclusive. I believe. I I, I don't know. Right. I think that's right. But anyway, I I don't have any. Man, of those. Where's our sponsor when we need them to be in the chat room? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the deal here is that the, I wonder in a gender inclusive, do they actually say? Do they still? Do they strip away father? Uh, you know, or he is, or God's? You know, when they do they. Take away the pronoun he. I don't think that they would. I don't know. Would that's they? a good question. I, I, if it's because that, that's if they the, take away he from Jesus. Now that yeah, would be interesting. Th- that would be interesting. <laughs> uh, but I wonder if they take away he when it talks about God. And I can't imagine that gender inclusive just means that it, you know, when it's obvious that this is meant for men and women. I guess the problem I have with gender inclusive is this. The original text did not say men and women. It said men. And it's important to understand what the original context in which things were written. It's kind of like, you know, women should not, you know, go into church without their head covered, right? Right, sure. Yeah, you know, that's that. I don't think that you should rewrite a v- version of the Bible today that all of a sudden excludes that commandment from those people. Does that make sense? 
Right. Yeah. Bec- bec- I mean, obviously, you know, churches allow women in in their buildings all the time without a head covering. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sure. And I, and I think that, um, you know, there's and I think that definitely probably did come out of like a liberation movement and, and uh, probably more women's lib uh, than, you know, than anything else to be able to cause that desire to be able to, to change these translations, to be able to include those kinds of things. Um, and, and, and I see where you're coming from with the whole same thing, same thing going for God, because, you know, a lot of, uh, one of the things that, that, uh, that we were, it was mentioned, but it was never dealt with in seminary was the whole fact that there might've been some people that were abused by their father and the father figure is a very negative, uh, you know, scary, horrible term for a lot of people. And so in those cases, please refrain from saying, you know, from, from saying that God is only a male gender. <clears throat> But it, and so and so, you know, so you, you're you not allowed to say Abba, you're not allowed to say daddy or father or, you know, or anything like that. And uh, and, and to me, you know, if I know that I'm, if I know that I'm causing somebody to really just flip out over God, then, I, yeah, I mean, I respect you. I love you. I don't want that to happen. But I want to help you work through those issues. Yes. Not just let you say this is my crutch. I'm not going to let you do that anymore. Yeah. I mean, but I would love for God to be able to at a, even if it's just a father understanding to see what a, a healthy Christian father would actually look like. And, you know, I'm saying and like, and you can have a good understanding of that father, but that takes years to get through. And, um, and I would want to, I'd want to work through that, not just kind of leave it, you know, leave it there and stop it there. Right. But I, I love, um, you know, I love, I love thinking about, uh, I, I'll never forget. There was a, this is turning into a gender of God conversation and not a translation conversation, but I'll never forget when I was in high school, one of the, there was a guy uh, or, a, or a girl that asked our Bishop the question, um, what color is God is the question. Now the reason I think the main reason they were asking that question is because we actually had a black Bishop, which is the first black Bishop of Northwest Texas conference, the Methodist church to, to ever have a, a black Bishop there. And he was awesome, man. I mean, he was really, really awesome. His preaching was out of this world. But, uh, but you know, he looked at that. He looked at that person and said, "God is genderless and colorless." And anyone else that tells you different is absolutely, uh, is absolutely clueless. I think that's what he said, or something like that. But I love that. I love that idea of you know of him being able to say, ultimately, we are a creation of a God, and. Uh, to turn back to that creator and say, we know who you are is pretty arrogant. <laughs> well, you know, I, I'm just wondering where the, the original, of course, I don't know any original Greek, Greek, Greek. You do a new original I, geek, I know my original friend. geek, but <laughs> Greek or Hebrew. So I don't right. know any of the original of that stuff, but um, you know, it's so funny. It's like, obviously Jesus came in the form of a man. And mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit obviously is neither male nor female. The Holy Spirit is spirit. Right. All right. But is God the Father male? Because <laughs> it's always it's always Jesus, Holy Spirit, and God the Father. Right, that that's right. the way I've always referred to God is God the Father. Right. And you hear and, and he you adopts hear Jesus, us and I and I yeah, and you hear the words of Jesus actually calling him Father. Him Father. Exactly. Right. And that's, and, or daddy, you know, or da- Abba. Yeah. You know, he's calling him daddy, which is even more of a, de- you know, just a sweet that, term of endearment kind of a. That's exactly right. And, and kind of so that, those are the, those are the things that I struggle with is that, you know, I, I, I kind of feel that, that we were made in the image of God and that, that, you know, that when I think of God, I think of God as 
almost a physical, you know, God, the father as a, as a somewhat quasi spiritual, quasi fleshly physical representation, only really big with the white beard and, and flowing white hair and glows. And, and and that's, and that's, and you think kinda that's like, right? You think kinda, that's correct? Kind of like Abraham Lincoln up on the memorial, you know, nice, that, okay. you know, really big like that. Always looking at you no matter what angle you're at. <laughs> He's staring at me, man. It's kind of freaking me out. So God's always, he always sees you. <laughs> so do you think that's a good no, representation? Of, no, of, I don't. Of, 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 I don't. I don't. And matter of fact, that's one of the things I loved most about the book, The Shack, is that mm-hmm. it really had me, it, it really helped me to shatter some of the preconceptions that I have about the Holy spirit sure. and sure. about God. Um, there's the, a, there's a lot of, a lot of texts that, that are out there that literally refer to the Holy spirit being the feminine aspect of God, mm-hmm. a, a ton of language around and a ton of, you know, uh, commentaries and all kinds of stuff that really do, uh, really do appreciate God, uh, in the feminine aspect as the Holy spirit part of it. Uh, but I just want to, I just, here, here's the thing. I, I'm not a huge fan of changing th- the original intent of the writers. I believe that the writers of these letters, when they wrote and, and, and only spoke to the men, well, they only spoke to the men. Now, obviously did they mean for that to apply both to men and women. I'm sure they did. But the culture of that day, the men were the authority and the women really didn't have all that authority. Now, there were some women that had positions of power. There was somebody called a deaconess, you know, in, in, sure, the, in the New Testament church. So, But the thing is, though, is that I'm just not a fan of changing the language to make sense you know, and call it a literal translation. I, and I don't yeah. know that I don't know that they actually call it a literal translation, but to be honest with you, it, the question is, wh- what do I read? I prefer reading, uh, one of two versions of the Bible, actually three versions of the Bible. I will say that have been my favorite okay. one. I like the NIV. Okay. It was the first human language that I could understand and mm-hmm. it, 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 when i say that I'm, what i'm talking about it was the it's first not ca- non kjv it, it was the first <laughs> non kjv bible that i could king james yeah. yes you know the thing is my mom got really upset when i had an niv bible when i was studying really? for ministry wow she was really upset she goes why do you have that bible you should have a king james version mm-hmm. and i said there mm-hmm. i said mom what would you do if and i my little brother his name is pj and i said what would you do if pj came up and exhorted you one day she goes, I'd probably beat him silly. I was like, wow. I said, mom, you need to stop reading the King James Bible. I said, because if you go to three King or Hebrews three twelve through 14 and PJ was to sit there and start reading it and doing what God wants him to do, he's going to come up and exhort you daily and you're going to beat him silly. I think you need to stop reading the King James version and read a version of the Bible. You can understand. That was, uh, that so, went over real well, didn't it? Ex- yeah, that's, yeah, my mom and I had And then she beat you silly. <laughs> she beat me silly. <laughs> Don't you ever talk back to me, boy. No, I'm just joking. That would be Mr. T is your mom. Yes. And that's not the no, case. No. Mr. T is not your mom. No. <laughs> Mr. T, is he male or female? <laughs> that's a great question. <laughs> anyway. All I know is I'm not messing with him or her. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but the deal is, is that. So, okay, so NIV is one of them. I, I love the, I love reading the NIV Bible, although I will say that, you know, in my studies, I understand that there are some issues even in the NIV. Like, for example, I, I believe that they were talking about, uh, was it King Solomon 
had seen uh, somebody, one of the women had come in and it says that she was a prostitute. And I've been told, and of course, you know, I, I can only go by with what, you know, the kind of stuff that I hear sure. and, and pick up along the way. But I'm told that there is absolutely no way that a prostitute would have been able to enter in and have a meeting with um, with King Solomon. But in fact, what it what the actual original language would have meant is a woman who who basically um, was able to support herself by working for a living. And so basically it was a businesswoman who okay. came and it was not necessarily a prostitute, but the NIV Bible says it was a prostitute. And again, do I have anything to back any of this stuff up? Absolutely not. But I'm just telling you things I've heard. So, but the thing is I enjoy reading the NIV Bible, but I, I will say that it's a little dry. The, the, the language is a little dry. So if I want to liven things up a little bit, I'll read the new living translation. And I recognize that it is not a literal translation but it is it it is it's kind of got the same intent and meaning to it. And oh, I'm sorry, what was that? The one? New Living Translation. Oh, New Living, yeah, yeah. Okay. This is the one that re- the, the this is the one that actually replaced the Living Bible. Which the Living Bible, I I never had one. Actually, you know what? Wait a second. I have a parallel Bible that has the Living Bible in it. Okay, it's out there. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, it's out there. Uh, it is it That's is funny. it is a paraphrase. Oh, okay, so it's like a message. It, yeah, it's it only it's it's, it's out very it's, paraphrasing. It's, it's very paraphrasing. That's fine. Like, now the message, Eugene Peterson. Uh, I do enjoy reading that, but not for study, just for reading. Right. Because and and I would because nev- you see it as a as a paraphrase. It's I, not a translation. It is not a translation. This is like modern day English. You know, if Jesus was alive today, or or you know the prophets were alive today, this is how they would have used these col- colloquialisms. I don't know how to say that, but anyway, yeah, colloquialism. Yeah, this is how they would actually say things today. And this, you know, it's like the Psalms and the and the Proverbs. You know, I never actually did get out the uh, message and read. Uh, Song of Solomon. That would be fun. <laughs> like, I wonder what has your you know, breasts are like the gazelles. <laughs> I wonder how he's going to translate doves. <laughs> oh, goodness. But uh, does it have the word dude in it? Dude, dude in Deuteronomy. Now, now I'll, I'll uh, Troy story. I, I agree. The cotton patch gospel is an, an awesome read. It really is. It's an awesome read. If you can find it. Yeah. Um, I'm actually trying to find it on audio. I'm actually trying to find an audio version of it, but anyway, it's good. The Cotton Patch Gospel, uh, which is, is is paraphrased as well, the the creation story from that is awesome. What, tell what is the Cotton Patch? Uh, it's just like uh, it's it's um, I don't know, I don't know how to I don't know how to explain it without sounding derogatory. Okay, <laughs> I mean I'll I'll see if I can find. Is it from like it. days of slavery and stuff like that? Is I yeah. mean is, I mean that's what I'm imagining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's it's like uh, from the south and probably from an African American um, slavery, you know, yeah. early American African South Southern history. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Clarence Jordan, I think does it. Here's the Cotton Patch version of the Gospel of Matthew. I, but I, I really, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, reading the word of God, I, I think it's something that, you know, DJ, I wonder if I'm going to get in trouble for this one. Oh, you know, oh no. The thing is, 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 is it, you going to get in trouble with me? No. Or Mr. Just, T? Just from it's people, out the door. Just all the people listening to this okay. thing. Uh, the thing is, is I used to be so, I felt like it was so much of a requirement to be a 
disciple of Christ that you must read your Bible every day or often or weekly or monthly or whatever. You need to be in that thing. You need to be reading and you need to be at the trans- very least daily at the, at the very least. Yeah, daily. exactly. It's yeah. like I really felt like and I want to just say right now that I really struggle with taking that on as as a requirement of me being a disciple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, and, and that's matter of fact, and, and I, and it wasn't just reading the Bible, but as a good Christian, you know, if I really love God, I'm going to number one, pray a minimum of a half hour each day and yeah. time alone with God. And, and by yeah. golly, if I was Martin Luther <laughs> and if I, you know, by, by golly, I've got so much to, I've got so many things going on today. My life is so busy. I'm going to need to pray for at least three hours. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the quotes that he said, I believe, or something close to that. But, you know, it's like that, you know, good Christians pray for hours and good Christians read their Bible every day um, and all of this other stuff. And and I really struggle today with with seeing that as a requirement of Christianity. And, and I guess requirements little too strong, but the the prescription of being a good Christian. Right. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that um, there's a there are some people out there that need to to be released from that bondage, from that bondage of a guilt that you have got to read this every single day, period, or you're not being a good Christian or a good disciple. I I mean, I agree. Um, I also know a lot of other people and myself included that have come to a place in my life where uh, attempting to pray the hours at least at least morning and evening and maybe even if I can, if I can, if I can remember to do a lunch, you know, to do a midday uh, hours uh, to pray. Those is really, really meaningful. And, but it's not done out of a guilt. It's because it's you desire. It. Exactly. It's done out of, of, of a, uh, out of a discipline. I mean, it really is a discipline that I'm trying to say, I'm trying to create uh, well in, in an old, in an old sense, a rule for my life. Right. You know, to, to create a holy rhythm of of who I am and what I am and what I do with my day. And so so I, I see it both ways, but I, I think what you're trying to get at is it's the hard intentions of it. Yeah. And the, a lot of the hard intentions, especially growing up in West Texas, I had a lot of Baptist friends and that was kind of the mentality. Now, I don't know if they were sold that or if they were told that or if it was just kind of one of these, this is an unwritten expectation mentality. I don't know. Um, but it was, I think it was in seminary when I realized I'm studying the Bible for class. <laughs> Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And yet I'm also reading it in the morning and I, and I had to come to the realization for me when I was in seminary, why can't, why can't I find, uh, a devotional aspect as I'm doing my work, as I'm doing this for a class and for an assignment? And so I, I, that was when I first actually kind of learned that even in the midst of my work, I could actually be able to bring something that was a devotion of myself to God in the midst of this, instead of just doing it for work. And I, and I think a lot of people, they get into this habit of doing a morning devotional, and then sometimes it's just something they're just they're still just doing to do. Right. Uh, they're not necessarily really being changed by it. And that's and I, there's a great book out there if, you, if you're kind of in that point in your life right now. And it's called, uh, um, let me think about it. <laughs> uh, oh, it's written. I know who it's written by. It's one of the first times I can actually say that. 
It's written by Dr. Mulholland Jr. Um, and it's called Shaped by the Word. And it's it's a great, great, it's a, it's a simple, easy read, but it basically is just talking about the importance of saying, hey, maybe this Bible was written to actually transform you instead of just for your intellect. Right. And I think a lot of people read the Bible because they get excited about the intellect aspect of it, but they don't really allow it to really kind of sit on their heart and sit on their soul and actually bring about, you know, a new way of thinking or a new way of being. Right. Um, and that's a, just a great, easy, simple read for that. If anybody wants to know. Yeah. The other thing for me is that, um, you know, I, I, one of the, one of my favorite scriptures that I memorized was one Psalm one nineteen eleven says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And, you know, I enjoy reading God's word. Uh, I don't have, I don't, okay, I don't make time to do it daily. I, matter of fact, I don't make time to do it all the times weekly. But I do enjoy when I get into God's word. But one of the things that I feel is like I already know so much of God's word that is readily available at the top of my, at the tip of my tongue. I could speak it to you. Right, sure that I am not currently practicing on my day-to-day basis. And my, my heart's desire is to sit there and evaluate, you know, you know, uh, search my heart, oh God, and see if there's any wicked way within me. You know, it's like, God, help me to evaluate myself, lay on my heart the things that I need to change. You know, am I expressing, am I, you know, am I, am I an expression of who you are in love? You know, am I selfish? Am I, Am I kind? Am I, you know, do I, um, you know, am I easily angered? I mean, the, the things that I know about God's word are so amazing, so immense that I, man, I've got, I could just sit here and, and just meditate and say, God, what is it that I can do today? And, and, and let me think about the things that are going on in my life. And, and there are oftentimes DG that, that I will sit there and just have a time just reflecting that I feel God it, it, it's almost as though he audibly speaks to me. And the yeah. reason why I feel that way is because I actually hear his words in my heart, knowing the things. And of course, what, how does that happen? It comes from the time that I spent reading God's word, right? you know? And, and, and so the, the one thing is how do you ever get to that place if you haven't read it? And, and, but I will say that I, there are times that I have struggled and said, you know what? I feel guilty because I'm not pulling my Bible, you know, off the shelf over here and right. reading it right. consistently, and I'm not reading it daily, or even sometimes I'm not even doing it weekly. I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just existing on what I already know. But the thing is, is I, I've got, I, I really do. I've come to the place in my life where I have a lot of it up in my head, and it's not things that I'm mixed up on. I, it's like, you know, for example, I know for a fact that the Bible does not say resist the devil and he will flee. Yeah. <laughs> Did you know that? The Bible does not say that. There's that, a bunch of bunch of people that have created those it, like phrases and they're it, like and then they create a book that sounds like it should be in the Old Testament, yeah. but it's not really. But it actually does say that, but it that's only half the sentence. It says submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil and he will free. Yeah. And or, and he will flee. Not so, free, but. so but but yeah, I mean it, it's it all of it so there's a lot in my mind. And I, I guess that's one of the things you know, so for me, the translation of the Bible is not ultra important. I am not a huge fan of gender inclusive because literally the, the fact that it actually changes what the actual letter said. Right. You know, yeah. I, 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 I'd rather 
I'd rather read the life. I'd rather rather take the NIV or the New Living Translation that is closer to what was actually written, including the fact that it only talked to men. Right. And I would like to be able to then take the Life Application Bible study notes that help help you understand the context of why it said women should shut up in the church, you know, and, and, and help you to understand, is this something that should be, you know, are women wrong for speaking in the church today? Right. Right. You know? Yeah. And, and that's, and it's, I, it's what, again, it's, it's the, it's, you have an option, not an option. You have an opportunity to be able to speak into the lives of other people, uh, especially those who, um, especially women who have been just so completely wronged uh, over and over and over again. Um, I mean, they deserve to know that someone uh, has cares enough about them to be able to say, no, this is what we believe it's saying. And we're going to put this into a translation Yeah, and we're going to acknowledge the fact, Hey, up front and you know, up front, Hey, this is a, this is a gender uh, inclusive, you know, Bible or a, or a gender neutral yeah. Bible. So, Hey, when you would normally read brothers in a different translation, it's going to say brothers and sisters or all of you or, or something else like that. Maybe I'd be okay if it actually called itself a paraphrase in that case. Well, they call themselves a translation, but they say up front that it's gender neutral. Yeah, so, but, but that's what I'm saying though. It's, <clears throat> but it's, yeah. it's, it's uh, and I think that they, they, I think they're doing that. Know. They do that equivalent. They do the equivalent of that by saying, "Hey, we're saying it up front. Hey, this is the way it is." Yeah. To be honest, but anyway, but I'm not sure you, I really even care enough. If to you be really like, yeah. If you really like the the uh, New Living Translation, uh huh. Um, I actually know four or five of the people that were on that uh, the board to do the translation. So if you want their signatures on something, <laughs> <laughs> I actually did. Uh, uh, some really good friends of mine and professors of of mine. Um, and yes, I actually have some professors that are friends. It's crazy. <gasps> wow. Uh, but Bill Arnold and a few others that have actually written in that. I remember one time Tiffany had one of our youth, uh, at first Methodist church in Lexington. And, uh, he, he came to the, yeah, autograph Bible. Exactly. He came to the, he came to Tiffany and he said, Tiffany, 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 Tiffany. And, and she goes, what? And he, she, he said, my dad wrote the Bible. <laughs> That's nice. and, and then we were like, what? And he was, and he showed us a translation. He's like, see, translated by and it said you know bill arnold was out there and he was like told you <laughs> and it was awesome and he had worked you know in the in the areas that he's an expertise in you know he's an yeah. expert in first samuel and and uh, and things like that but uh but it's it is a good translation i like that i do like that translation a lot it's awesome. probably if i have somebody who's brand new to the faith uh i i usually either you know hand them that um my favorite translation personally is the nrsv <clears throat> new revised standard version uh-huh and uh that one that one just seems a little bit better uh as far as an actual translation of the greek and the hebrew and aramaic here and there but um but that's probably my favorite tra- my favorite translation and it's really difficult to find <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it's not uh you know oh there is mardell see we got mardell in here yeah daryl says his favorite is the esv which my english standard version yes uh, is that what that yeah. is um and I want to say the English standard version is the version that the Roman Catholic church has said is, is good and right. Huh. I'm not positive on that one, but I think that's correct. With four additional books. Right. Well, you got the apocrypha in there too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, that's definitely, uh, and my wife always, she always goes to the new living. She likes new living translation a lot. Yeah. I, a if one. I, if I had to say I, my favorite to just read 
is the New Living Translation, right. hands down. Right. It, it's close enough to the original that I feel like I'm I'm really getting cl- a closer representation of you know if I knew how to speak those original languages, what I would be hearing in my mind when I hear them speak. That that and 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 the conversation seems to flow a lot better than NIV. The NIV just seems a little jagged at times. Yeah. So it's a little forced. I just want to read the very first part of the Gospel of Matthew in the Cotton Patch Bible. All right, please do. It says, uh, the beginning of Jesus, the leader, was like this. While his mama Mary was engaged to Joseph, <laughs> but before they had relations, <laughs> she was made pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, you can just, you can hear it. And if you actually have a really good person that's good colloquial a speaker with uh with that kind of an accent. It's That'd be just, a good awesome. audio book. It, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is like I really wait, want to find wait, an wait, audio. Wait, 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 wait. Audible. Let's uh, go. Well, maybe it is there. Who knows? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going right now. Audible. It's like uh, this whole event was the completion of what the Lord had said through the prophet. Listen, a young lady will get pregnant and give birth to a boy, and they'll name him God is with us. And Joseph woke up and did as the Lord's messenger had directed. He married the girl, but he didn't sleep with her until she had her baby. And uh, and he did name it Jesus. Anyway, right. it's, it's good. When Jesus right. was born in Gainesville, Georgia, during the time that Herod was governor, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like some scholars from the Orient came to Atlanta to and inquired, where is the one who was born to be governor of Georgia? <laughs> uh, what is going on there? Yeah, there's nothing about Cotton Patch anywhere in audible.com. Darn it. Darn it. All right. I tell you, there's a lot of stuff that I would Kylie love says, to. what what's up with those missing books? Uh, you know, what's up with the missing books all about? Anyway, what's all that with the, the, uh, uh, well, what, what are you saying? Isn't are, that the council of Trent? The, the Apocrypha. Yeah. Uh, the Apocrypha. Yeah. I mean, there's uh, well, there's a lot more than just the, those books. We can get into that if we want to, we can talk about canonization, uh, to, to that, uh, the church at one point in time had to decide what books are going to actually make this book called the Bible and what books are not. And and that see that there's there's where some questions and confusion and even some doubt rolls in in a lot of, of people's minds. Yeah, Dan Brown it's brought like, that up. It's big like time. who gets to decide this? And you know, did God appoint them? Did God yeah. call them to do this? Yeah. You well, uh, how did just this happen? Really quick, just you can you can do a search on the apocrypha if you want to. Um, uh, but it's it's the intertestamental books and uh, the Maccabees and uh, and things like that are actually found inside those. But. Um, they're, they're a good read too. If you never read those, they're a good read. You should read them. It's, it's pretty good. But that's where we get um uh the gosh, is it Sister Teresa who who did or no Veronica who wiped the blood of the brow of Jesus um during the stations of the cross? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get all the all the stations of the cross stuff is yeah exactly. Which by the way is my favorite tradition from the Catholic Church that I miss so much. Really? Yeah. Is the Stations of the Cross? Yeah. That's very traditional, you know, with the uh with the incense burning. Oh man. Yeah. There <laughs> there there's part of me that wishes I was Catholic. <laughs> part of me. Well there hey, there's a huge part of me that uh really appreciates a lot of the Catholic I, I and, do. I appreciate the Catholic faith. Yeah, definitely. We should have Father Roderick on sometime. Oh, dude, that would be great. We'd love to. I'd let's love get to Father Roderick in here. Well, let's do let's do that. Let's uh, let's see if he would mind talking about the apocrypha and and um, a little bit of uh, some uh, some differences and also similarities between Protestantism and Roman Catholicism. That'd be awesome. All right, I will talk to. I'm going to be talking to him tomorrow morning during the Biggest Loser podcast, and I'll try to remember to uh, to see if we sure. can 
corner him for an hour for the about the church podcast. Corner him. So it's like we're a tag. He's like, he's in a corner. He's in a corner. <laughs> well, you know how us Protestants here in the States are against. No, the- we don't corner anybody. We just protest. Uh-huh. We're just, we're just protesting because we're Protestants. We protest. <laughs> now, I, hey, I want to go back really quick. Um, go back. You talked about us being created in the image of God. Yeah. Uh, We had a really cool conversation discussion. This might be a good one for us to be able to talk about sometime, but ghosts and spirits. Okay. And uh, do, do, you know, we, we, that's the question we were asking is, you know, are there ghosts? Are they, are they real? Are they not? Sure. They're Um, all demons. Just like Frank Peretti says in this present darkness. Exactly. And that's another way that you can be able to to understand them that uh, they want to be known as ghosts. So it doesn't sound so bad and, you know, and they can be trusted that way, blah, blah, blah. But, um, but one of the guys, uh, we eventually got into the understanding of different of, of do you believe in a mind, body, and spirit that you're actually made up of three different parts of mind, body, and spirit? And then one of the guys was like, oh, "Well, that's the image of God. That's the Trinity. Like that's the image that I was talking about. We all have a body and a mind and a spirit." And I was like, "Oh, well. <laughs> so is God the Father, the mind?" Exactly. That's what you know. That's what he was. That's the is that's he the, the infinite intelligence that I keep reading about inside of the uh, Think and Grow Rich book. Maybe so. You never Maybe. know. But, uh, <laughs> oh gosh. But, uh, but anyway, and I was, you know, it, it was a good conversation to be able to have. But, uh, I would love to know what you think of when you think image of God. When I think, because I mean, I have my own, you know, sure. Well, we can have a conversation instead of me just boarding up my answer. <laughs> well, when I think about the image of God, I think about, um, unity. Uh, and I think about relationship. And I think about um, all that is good in who we are. And I also think, you know, I, for some reason, I, I think in physical appearance as well that, that we are made in the image of God. I, now, I, I don't know that I'm theologically correct, but in my mind, when I, th- when I hear this, that, that we are in appearance as, as almost as though what God would look like in, in, in a hu- physical human form. Okay. So I, I mean, it's just I, again, it's just something I've always thought of. Yeah. But I do think that we were made in the you know this mind, soul, spirit. I mean that that are we're not just flesh, but we are flesh. And I believe that you know for some reason I believe that flesh is a part of that. Okay, no, that's good. Uh, I I think that yeah, and my my understanding of that is that I just always go back to relationship. That that's they're in a perfect right relationship. And, uh, and that's the image in which we were created to be in is in relationship with not only each other, but also with God. I agree with that as well, but and, I just uh, don't exclude it to that. And the, and the, and the whole body part, um, I, I, I yeah, I, I kind of leave it alone that the body part of it, but, but now then, so that gets into a different issue is, do you believe that we have a separate spirit from our bodies? Uh, we'll just leave the mind part out of it right now, but, uh, we could, we could say the brain is our mind or whatever else, but. Do you think that, that that's a separate thing or do you think they're so interconnected that they don't really truly ever completely separate? I don't think they ever completely separate until death. So after death, they're, they're separate. Tem- they're temporarily separated uh, oh, in my mind. Oh, I, I don't oh, know where I come up with Tem- temporarily and not necessarily in a purgatory kind of way. 
<laughs> but, <laughs> no, no. but but temporarily transported and waiting for the day, which by the way is an instant because there got it. I believe that 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 when our physical body I, again, I have no basis for any of this. No, in I, theology. I got you. I got you. You're so good, just let good. me share with yeah, you my my exactly. crazy mind here. That's great. All right, so here's this the might deal. Be something you've never even asked or talked about. So. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's come up before. So in my mind, I die. All right. And then and then all of a sudden my my spirit is no longer bound to my body. My body is just rotting flesh. It's a corpse. It is a corpse. Exactly. And so therefore my my spirit joins with those who are in, you know, in this in that is no longer bound by time, just like God is not is not bound by time. Okay. And so therefore all eternity exists in an instant. And so therefore it's a different existence. When Jesus comes back. I will okay. be caught up into the sky with him, and I believe that my body will be re- resurrected. Okay, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. I will have a new body, a perfect body, and and I will spend eternity in heaven. Your body's gonna look like my body, then, dude. My body's gonna be perfect, <laughs> brother. I'm gonna be buff. <laughs> Watch, we're all gonna be like the perfect bodies, dude, and it's gonna be like the biggest, fattest, you know, like, <laughs> and we're gonna be like. Never knew that. That's awesome. <laughs> so yeah, okay. That's really interesting that you said that because there's a huge debate, and there always ha- there's been one for quite some time now. I'm talking like you know multiple, multiple thousands of years, or at least a bunch of of this separation. Are you a monist or you know that that says your mind and your body and your you know? Well, okay, keep on leaving the mind out, but your body and your spirit are so tied together. Uh. And, and that that is, there is something that is inseparable between the two. Right. And, uh, and that, and, and so, so basically everyone's trying to explain exactly what you explained. Well, where does resurrection come into it? So all these people might've died and, uh, you know, and they're, they're literally dust. I mean, even the bones have been disintegrated. What about the been, people who have been know, cremated? Yeah. Cremation and stuff like that. And so, but when, when we, when we, you know, when Christ returns and we're resurrected and our bodies literally are coming together and we are resurrected, God takes all the ashes that have blown all around and just brings it all back together or eat or been eaten by, uh, yeah. by, uh, cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> that's the big, that's the big thing. Yeah. What if it, a cannibal uh, ate you? It, it came uh, out somewhere and you became part of their body and you know? it, it, it was absorbed somewhere. somewhere. It was absorbed somewhere. Matter anyway. is matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but that's the big question is, is does your spirit go back into, uh, that body? Uh, or is it a completely new body and, and it's like a spiritual I, body? There's I, nothing physical to it whatsoever. And, uh, and so that's, that's the debate yeah. that's going on there. But, uh, I always just tell everybody, well, the only example we have of a true resurrection uh, it would be Christ. And uh, at first people did not recognize him, but then they recognized him even to the point of him lifting up and saying, look, I have a scar in my side and I have scars and, in my hands and my feet. And it was something they could touch. It was something they could touch. So now we're actually dealing with the body had there, at least the feet and, and, and the, the, tomb, si- the, and the high, tomb was empty and the tomb was empty. Yeah, exactly. So, that's that's the thing I really love to be able to bring about to this into that conversation is to be able to say if Christ was the first of the resurrection of, of the resurrected and the resurrection, uh, then he's the only one we got as an example, and so that's the only one we truly could be able to go towards to be able to say, okay, well, this might be what it looks like and what it is. Now I have a professor of mine that said you get to keep all the scars that you got when you were when you were if you got those scars for all the those kingdom. pregnant women. 
And well, if you got those scars for the kingdom, like if it was something you did for God, then you got to keep it. I ain't birthing no babies. Uh, so you can just imagine <laughs> all these people that were beheaded about, uh, because of their faith. It's going to be like Harry Potter, you know, where he's walking around with his head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that looks, how that works. I but. think Jesus just kept the scars for a temporary period of time just to show Thomas. Oh, really? And you think they went away? Yeah. No They're way, gone. dude. It's just, Jesus, man. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> that's like kidding. me wearing my shoes and people are it's a that's a discussion starter. Like, hey, you're Jesus. Hey, you got green shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you know animals were hard to the making of these shoes. <laughs> but they did fall apart. You didn't tell them that. Well, the, yeah, that's right. The side of it did fall apart. Uh, not fall apart. It was just like the 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 stitching has come out and it's actually kind of ripped the canvas part. But uh, but they're they're shipping me a brand new pair That's of shoes. Awesome. That's cool. That is awesome. But anyway, so no, the, these what are about really organ, great conversations. Are what about really organ really donation? Good. You know, if, if the body, I don't think that the body, it, it it's, I think it's the overall package. You know, it's like the it's like maybe <laughs> it's okay if you give your heart away or a lung or a kidney or something like that. It, it, it's it's just something there. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I I believe. It, it, I think it's your, I, I don't know, it's something to do with your life force. I don't know. Life force? Your life force. Well, that's a, that's a non-biblical term. I have no idea. I just coming up with <laughs> he's, stuff. He's just reaching for that. Woo, that, that looks like a good word. I'm going to, no, I'm just exactly. joking. It, it's that, it, you know, I, I don't know. It's the metachlorian count. It's the metachlorian count. Exactly. <laughs> here, here, exactly. I, I love what Professor Allen says. I have a feeling God's going to figure all this stuff out. Oh yeah, well, of he's course. Not, you know, it's like, okay. dude. Oh my gosh, they're. Oh no, they're, he's giving his long. Dis- no, how? I, okay, Peter, you need to write down. So and so's got his lungs. Okay, <laughs> he's got this big database. <laughs> they're having to upgrade and all poor the time. Peter's having to do that stuff. Peter's like, I just like a break. Come it's on, like, Lord. I was like hung wait, upside down on a cross. Come can on. I, can, can we? Get are there not else? angels for this? Is there not somebody else that can watch this gate? I never get a break. <laughs> I'm here for all these stupid jokes. <laughs> Jeez. I think it's like It'd every be day better in hell. <laughs> <laughs> there we yeah. go. Uh, but <laughs> that brought us back down. But no, I think it's funny. Like I have a feeling God can figure it out. Oregon yeah, tracking of, system. Of course, Professor. A, the, of course, God can figure all this stuff out. It's, it's just OT- fun to think about it. They have it's the fun o- to talk about it. They have the OTS 2000. <laughs> The Oregon Tracking System 2000. Thank you, April. That's funny. Yeah, it is. Exa- that's exactly what I was thinking when you said the OTS 2000. I was like, and uh, God worked with Google and Microsoft to be able to create this. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they just use Bing to find all those organs. That's Bing. all they need. <laughs> Bing it. No, I think it is. I think it's really, really interesting to be able to talk would, about would what Jesus- is the image of God and, and how do we fit into this image. Um, and, and I just, I think it's really, really enjoyable for me to be able to think about a lot of those kinds of things. And, um, especially, especially the whole, uh, spirit body thing and like what really happens after you die. And there's a lot of people that there's a lot of people that have the same kind of conception that you do of God of having the gray beard and being on a crown. You know, I don't necessarily, he's Gandalf the white, (laughs) Gandalf the white, not the gray one, not the gray. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but I think it's cool to be able to think about what would really be like, you know, what is heaven going to be like and what's my I'm body going to be. And I'm kind of looking forward to hanging out with Gandalf God, <laughs> you know? Well, it, it's, and always, it always cracks me up in the old Testament. You know, they're like, Oh yeah, I saw God. And they're like, what did he look like? And they'd describe everything around the throne, but they would never describe God. Nobody looked at it. Yeah, exactly. They're like, then you yeah. didn't actually see God. 
And maybe that's what we're, he was just going to give us a body that can be able to handle looking at him. Now that would be cool. Yeah. Not, not having to worry about all of our hair turning white just because we're in this presence. <laughs> nice. Writing down, uh, the, you know, things on tablets, but but I think that uh, I think it's fun to think about these things. I think it's enjoyable to talk about them. It's I th- part of the fun. I think it's enjoyable if it's just talking about them without the necess- necessity of that we have to come to an agreement that we're all one of us is right about all this stuff. Right. Exactly. You yeah. know, it, it sounds to be honest with you. I sometimes avoid these conversations right. because people want you to come to their way of thinking about them. And right, to be honest sure. with you. I'm really not all that concerned if God's a a big black woman. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That doesn't bother me at all. Right. And it would bother a bunch of people, though. That's fine. You know? Let them be bothered. That might be part of the the deal. They need to to be bothered by that. You ever see Jimmy Fallon do uh, Robert Penn? Am I bothered? No. I'm I'm bothered. But uh, I think it's really, really cool. And, and I we, that's something we could... I don't know if we've ever really, really talked about that or not, but what? I would love Robert to talk Pattinson? about... No, like like what really does happen when you die? Like what people think? What are some of the theories out there? Like well, we I have a really great... about it. Well, no, we didn't go into depth with it. All right. What do you think? 859-795-4067. Give us a call. Please. Phone number. 859-795-4067. Have you died and come back? What did it look like? Do you believe people can do that? Yeah. Have you have you lost a loved one and then actually felt like their presence was there? Or, I mean, that's a great, great question. There's a good stuff right there. And loved and 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 Kyle Mack would love to have the ghost discussion too. So we could talk ghost about that discussion. Too. So hey, please uh, pray for a church other than your own. Yes, please do. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Your twitter.com slash argon fifty two a r g o n five two. That's right. That's right. And you're at GSPN. That is correct. <laughs> we'll just do each other stuff. And you can find some other stuff about DG over at uh, adoption.holums.com. Yep. And that was officially approved for adoption. I don't know if Woo! we ever said that here or not. So thank you. Thank you for everyone who's given money for this and who's prayed for this, all this stuff. But exactly. you can read about that and keep updated on that on adoption.holums.com. Uh, I apologize right now, but we're going to, we're going to get more Praxis podcast stuff out. I promise. So you yes. can, if you haven't ever listened to anything, the Praxis podcast, it's good stuff. P R A X I S podcast.com. Hey, and if you like the content that we produce here at gspn.tv and you understand the actual ministry that this is minus the heretical things that I say during the, about the church podcast. <laughs> um, if you would like to support this, please consider becoming a plus member you're already a plus member and you got lots of extra cash on your hands why not sponsor somebody else who would like to become a plus member yeah that's an option as well yeah that's just contact me at feedback at gspn.tv if that's of interest to you otherwise if you want to become a plus member gspn.tv slash plus and i think that's pretty much all i'm going to promote in this episode nice you got some changes stuff going on gspn yeah, uh, that's just fun stuff. So if you want to know more about that stuff, you can listen to what podcast would be I, a good one to listen. Pursuingabalancedlife.com sends, seems to be the place where you can kind of get the behind-the-scenes feel of nice. everything that is everything at GSPN. Everything that is everything. Everything that is everything. Thanks, everybody, for listening. That's Love where you. I tell everybody that DG drives while watching video podcasts. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Anyway, God bless you all. We'll talk to you next week. Bye, everybody.